Welcome to Popped, a newsletter that delves into the history and culture of cinema. This is the first in a series on the work of women in early cinema and how these people have shaped our movie landscapes today. The Life of Anita Luce The early life and legacy of Anita Luce is an unfortunate example of the struggles of women in Hollywood and how we still fall short of allowing women's stories to rise to the top. She was a tireless writer whose circumstances meant that her scripts were often paraded as a man's work. Luce wouldn't stand for pity, though. Some of her greatest writing gave women a voice, and men a reality check. A quote from Anita Luce. I was a stage child, and I played parts when I was seven years old. My father had a theatre. It struck me one day that movies just need a plot before they start filming. It was 1912 when Luce's first film was released. She had already sent two other scenarios to D.W. Griffiths, but this, the New York hat, was the first one to be produced. It made a star of Mary Pickford and allowed Luce to move to Hollywood and away from her parents. Before talkies, silent scripts were mostly written as detailed scenarios and plots for the filmmakers to work to. Luce wrote hundreds of them and spent her time between honing her craft and living the wildlife that early Hollywood afforded. Her second marriage was to the filmmaker John Emerson, and they both worked together on making films with the silent film icon Douglas Fairbanks. Luce helped to create what we know to be today as the action hero, with films that are still appreciated today. Luce's marriage to John Emerson is an interesting part of her story because she was widely known to be more talented, more successful, and earn far more than Emerson, who hated her superiority. Luce offered him a co-authorship rights over her written work, and he also demanded top billing, riding Luce's coattails for years. This came in handy, though, when Luce would send Emerson into directors who wouldn't take script advice from a woman, in inverting commas. From what I've read, Emerson was a womanizer as well as a disruptive hypochondriac. At one stage, he lost his voice. So, Luce went to see a doctor to see what could be done. There's another quote from one of Luce's memoirs. Dr. Jerleaf proceeded to quote from H.L. Mencken that a husband may survive the fact that of a wife having more money than he, but if she earns more, it can destroy his very essence. Overcome with guilt that I myself was the cause of Mr. E.'s loss of voice, I asked how I could undo the harm I'd done. The only possible cure for your husband, answered the doctor, is to give up your career. Amazingly, Luce paid a doctor to perform a fake operation on Emerson, later presenting him with what he had been removed from his vocal cords. It worked. Emerson was miraculously cured. In inverted commas, while Luce still gave up her work to live the life. Gentlemen prefer blondes. Anita Luce had other experiences with men throughout Hollywood that led to her writing the book that became the 1950s classic starring Marilyn Monroe. She had strong feelings and become close with the critic H.L. Mencken in the 1920s. During a train ride to Hollywood, she caught him soliciting with what he distastefully later described as a witless blonde which gave Luce the inspiration to write the diaries of Laurel A. Lee. 
Gentlemen Prefer Blondes was a book first released in 1925, and it was an instant hit. Luce wrote a successful stage version of Blondes, and by 1928, she wrote the film, which has subsequently been lost. It was remade without Luce in the famous 1953 version. When watching Blondes recently, I found it interesting to see the female character, who so often were domestic, only interested in love and their service to men, are here self-assured and acting on their own instincts, despite the men around them. I couldn't tell whether Monroe's character, Lorelei, is clueless or a genius, while Dorothy, played by Jane Russell, had confidence in her desires, her needs never placed below anyone else's. It is in fact the men that are shown to be a clueless and desperate group, who would do anything for the attention of the blonde. And there's a great piece of research in the newsletter if you want to read more about the feminist style of Anita Luce. I love the following quote by Luce. At first it seems she is anti-movement, but in reality it is a wry comment on the approach to characters she has written for men and women over the years. I'm furious about the women's liberationists. They keep getting on soapboxes and proclaiming that women are brighter than men. That's true, but it should be kept very quiet or it ruins the whole racket. She didn't have much to do with the Monroe remake, but continued to write amazing parts for women and men in film, as well as creating a star of Audrey Hepburn in the stage version of Gigi. She went on to write several outrageous memoirs with increasingly elaborate stories, as well as novels right until her death in 1981. Luce never won an Oscar, despite her long and illustrious career. She was a disruptor before we knew what one was. She made stars when stars were a new way to market film and played around with genre while genres were still being formed. If you want to see her films, there's a list in the newsletter that she wrote. You can rent or buy Gentlemen Prefer Blondes or read the book for free again in the link in the newsletter. Gareth. Thanks so much again for listening to Popped. If you liked it, please do share it with anyone you think might be interested and uh, subscribe if you haven't. I'd love to to have you on board and getting these newsletters as and when I release them. Until next time, see you again.